0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to IT Coffee Break. I hope you have your cup of coffee ready, or maybe tea, we shall see. Uh, we certainly do. Me, Anastasia, your host, and my co host for today, Andrei Yegorov, solution architect at EPAM. Hi, Andrei, it's so good you could join us today.
1: Yeah, hello, Anastasia, hello, everybody. Yep, nice to be here with you.
0: And we are here in a Magenta podcast studio in Magenta Experience Center. And today we continue our discussion about solution architecture. If you missed our first talk with Andrey Trubitson, be sure to check it out. Today with Andrey, we would concentrate on several myths about solution architecture. And we would like to answer a question, how to build a career of solution architect at Epa? Before we start, as usual, we play a super quick this or that game. I ask a question, and you choose one answer you like the most between the two. The most complicated one would be tea or coffee.
1: Tea, for sure.
0: Tea, really? Next one, hexagonal or three layers architecture. It depends. The next one, thin or sick client.
1: Again, it depends.
0: Okay. Burgers or hot dogs? (laughs)
1: Burger.
0: <laughs> oh, it was an easy one. And the last one, REST op or RPC?
1: It depends.
0: It depends. Okay, I'll be asking about that more in a moment. And let's start with the first myth. Solution architect is an advanced engineer. Is it really so? How do you feel about that?
1: I think you already understood that in many, many cases, the solution architect will give your answer like, it depends. It's a very common answer and very popular answer. And honestly, it might be used in many, many situations. And also answering on this question, it also, it depends. It depends what you are meaning saying, advanced engineer. Because if you are meaning that solution architect is an engineer who has a great engineering experience, yes, you're absolutely true. But at the same time, you probably know that at pump there is a parallel track to solution architecture, advanced software engineering. So it's... No, because it's a parallel track it's a different career path and if we talk about the difference between solution architects and uh, advanced software engineers it's important to understand that solution architects are the people who are responsible for designing of the complete solution architect. They are responsible for uh, communication with the stakeholders, understanding their needs, their pain points, their requirements and provide a solution that will fit all their needs. And uh, solution architects works in different uh, areas, domains they should be aware about simply saying, back-end part, front-end part, maybe some other areas like IoT, blockchain, so that's why they need to have a knowledge in different areas. At the same time, advanced software engineers are people who have a practical experience in a particular area, maybe in several areas but close to each other, but they are hands-on people and they do practical work day de- on daily basis and that's why they have a great knowledge in a particular or very close areas but probably they need they don't have experience in many other areas.
0: I see. And my question would be here, how to gain this experience? So you were telling that there are two parallel ways, right? Like advanced engineering and solution architecture. So how to get this hands-on experience?
1: If we are talking about advanced software engineers, so in getting a hands-on experience, probably this is what Usual engineers do on daily basis. They do implementation and they just proceeding with this stuff. Being an advanced engineers requires extra uh, things like uh, mentoring people, helping other, seeing just beyond the solution, maybe for seeing other pain points, other potential problems or other possible solutions. And besides the regular engineering task, advanced software engineers also might be responsible for the investigation of the new technologies or new areas, maybe new frameworks doing the POCs and trying to apply and foresee or understand uh, what are the pros and cons of the new things because before applying these things or, or frameworks or tools or the production case and suggest them to a customer. They need to have a very good understanding about the scope of usage, their pros and cons, advantages and disadvantages. At the same time, just summing up, advanced software engineers getting practical experience from their nature of work. They just doing or proceeding doing their regular exercises, their regular work, and they get this hands-on experience from usual things, but this might be a problem for the solution architects because it depends on the project. Some projects may require your hands-on experience and you will be responsible for the implementation part as well, but some other projects may not require that stuff or your team is quite big and you have a great lead engineers in your team so you should not worry about technical architecture or implementation architecture and you do the more high level things. You are responsible for the communication, understanding the needs, business needs, understanding the requirements, designing the solution, validation of this solution. Other people are responsible for the technical and implementation part but You are working on a high level, on a conceptual level, and you are responsible for getting different uh, requirements and validation of the assumptions, uh, understanding needs, and uh, justification of your, providing decisions, and then justification of your decisions. In this case, you probably do not have enough practical experience, and uh, for some bodies, it's okay if you don't have practical experience, but still architects needs to be not highly decoupled from the technologies because finally we are responsible for the solution and solution is based on the technologies and you need to have a good technical background. And in our days, in our world, when the technologies are changed, you need to stay tuned and you need to aware about the trends. You need to be aware of the new approaches, new design, architectural pattern. So you need to keep your technical background and your technical skills up-to-date.
0: As you were talking about client and business side, so basically we would switch to the second myth truth. You started mentioning that, and I would like to hear more. So, software architecture is a technical solution to a problem. Is it really so? And don't tell me it depends.
1: It depends, yes. You (laughs) already know my answer. It depends. It depends what you mean in software architecture. Because, again, what is the difference between software architecture and solution architecture? What is the difference between software architects and solution architects? And if we take a look on this from, for example, from the IPAM perspective, we already have a software architecture title at IPAM, but it's treated a little bit Bit different, maybe, from the perspective of the Software Engineering Institute, ITPM it software architects, like uh, Solution Architects, associated. These are people who have maybe less practical experience. They also have very about theoretical background. They have a theoretical knowledge, but probably less practical experience. That's why they are treated like a solution architect's associate. But at the same time, I would say from the Software Engineering Institute, the software architects, and there is an equal sign between solution architects and software architects from the Software Engineering Institute perspective. So, answering on your questions, it depends.
0: <laughs> I see, I see. But if we sum it up, can we say that... Still, architects' main work, as you were mentioning, to document de- and design the architecture of solutions used on the project.
1: Not only. Because, for example, in general case, if we are talking about starting the maybe new greenfield project or we understand that we need to do a migration from the current implementation of the solution to the target one. First of all, we need to understand the business needs. What are the business drivers? What are the business goals? Because the business goals, business objectives will be the measure of our success. We, and we need to clearly understand how our success or failure will be measured. We need to understand what is the business need behind this change. What is the problem we need to solve? And this is the first time. Starting point, so it's understanding of the business, understanding of your customer, and you probably know that business doesn't want to have a solution or does not do engineering work for their itself. Uh, They want to have a solution for solving of their business problem. They want to gain business value to bring extra benefits to the existing business and uh, that's why our first and important part of a solution architects is to understand what is it and what is the business challenge what is the business value who are the clients of our customers and in general, what is the business model of our customer? And understanding this, we for sure we need to document because then we will use this information in our further communication and discussion with our customer, with our stakeholders. And then this is our starting point, the understanding of challenges. Then we go to requirements. Also, requirements might be different, business requirements, functional requirements, non-functional requirements. We have a theory on this, and this theory is a part of solution architecture school, so I will not repeat it here. So, just join there, and you will understand and learn this.
0: By the way, do we have a solution architect school?
1: Yes, definitely, we have it, and we have different uh, programs here. There is online program when you just watch videos, do quizzes and gain the theoretical knowledge about the solution architecture, but also there is offline or blended course when you also have a possibility to watch videos, but at the same time you have a possibility to talk with other solution architects and communicate with them uh, maybe some extra questions, maybe some doubts, questions from the watch it videos. So...
0: And... It's some kind of a mentoring setup.
1: Not mentoring because.
0: <laughs> or is it how long is this blended course? So, how, how much time does it take uh, to proceed with a career of an architect?
1: Blended course for the solution architect will take around from four, maybe up to six months. So, yes, it's uh, derived by the solution architecture uh, trainers. You need to watch videos, but you also have a communication with them. Also, you will have a practical exercises here and the trainers will check your uh, exercises and provide the feedback on them. So, that's why it's uh, quite organized in comparison to online course, which might be passed quick, but...
0: You don't get the feedback.
1: Yes, you don't. First of all, you don't have a practical exercises, uh, but also you do not have a maybe possibility to discuss what you have watched with the solution architects. But it's also okay because you have mentioned mentoring and for this we have a technology mentoring program. And this is an extra course uh, which we have at EPAM, And uh, this course also have different tracks. It might be, for example, advising session when there will be, let's say, two, three short sessions. Short, I mean... In general, in period of time, uh, but s- session itself might be one hour or a couple of hours. It depends on your communication with your mentor. But in general, it's two three sessions when you discuss a particular case or question with your mentor and uh, discuss maybe potential solution for this. This is the one option. The other option might be long term <laughs> program with. with takes uh, around from three to up to four months.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's that? And uh, can I ask you here, Andre, do we have a competency center on solution architecture? Is it a part of uh, what you were mentioning here? Is it a part of solution architecture centers?
1: Yes, Com- uh, yes it's a initiative uh, derived by the SA competitive Center. So the difference is that in this long-term uh, program, technology mentoring program, uh, you communicating with um, your mentor on a regular basis. Usually it's one hour session per week, uh, but you have maybe multiple cases that you want to discuss with your mentor and also it's uh, an option to get a practical experience because honestly saying even after finishing a blended course of the solution architecture. you still may have a lack of practical experience or you want to get better understanding about usual day-to-day solution architecture activities and communication with the mentor, solution architect and mentor, it's a good uh, chance to gain this experience and understand what uh, will you do on a daily basis and how you should do this and what are the best practices for this. That's why it takes time So, uh, so you are talking with your mentor and uh, discussing different cases, uh, applying different solutions, uh, checking different options, and usually architects on, during these programs yeah, share their knowledge, best practices, and experience with their mentee. team. So it takes time. That's why you have Uh, let's say from three up to four months to take and share this knowledge.
0: Mm, Definitely takes time, but I think you really gain not just as you mentioned this theoretical knowledge, but you really get the opportunity to understand how is it really working in a real life. Are you a mentor yourself? Do you have any of mentees?
1: Yes, definitely. I'm also participating in this program and I'm participating in it in two categories. I am also a mentee and uh, learning something new from other mentors because uh, it's also a chance for me to grow, to gain more experience in this area. But also, I right now, I have a couple of mentees with whom I also share my experience.
0: I see. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll circle back uh, to this point once again at the end of our conversation because I still have a lot of questions uh, for you. But right now, I would like to switch to the method truth number three. And uh, that's one of my favorite ones. CAs don't code. Is it method truth?
1: I'm also from the Java world. So my initial experience also related to Java. Maybe it's not precise exactly because initially when I graduated, from the university I was I was involved into the system engineering. I was developing the embedded and system yeah, embedded systems or maybe drivers for different operating systems. Mostly it were Linux or Mac operating system, but it was low-level programming. Then I changed my specialization and I switched it to a higher level and I chose the Java programming language. So, And most of my career path was dedicated to programming on Java or related Java-based programming languages. But Yes, do we code or don't we code, it depends. Depends on the project, depends on the customer, depends on many things, depends on your team. For example, if your team is big, And you have a lot of people. Most likely, you will not code in this project because you will have uh, great engineers and you will delegate this part of your work to others and they will do and they will help to do this. And they do this great. Uh, But at the same time, if project not so big or not so many people, you as a solution architect might be responsible for different or you may wear multiple hats and you will be responsible for your primary Area for the solution architects, but also you may act as a lead engineer, and you will be responsible for implementation, for technical design. Also, you might be responsible for the delivery part. It means that you will be uh, acting as a delivery manager, but also you might be responsible for the business part, for the analysis, and you will do some partially do work of the business analyst. So, in general, the solution architect may wear multiple heads and it depends on the project, customer, what exactly View you do.
0: I really love this role to tell you the truth and that's why we have uh, the second podcast in a row about solution architecture because I feel that it is very uh, dynamic role. And there is so much to dive into and to learn about it. Thank you so much for highlighting this one. As you are mentioning, business analysis, communication, right? Delivery, management. So, message number four, it is like, you know, SAs are like managers.
1: Yes, or it depends. <laughs> I'm sorry about saying this. It's
0: okay. It's going to be a motto of our conversation for today. depends. It depends
1: definitely it depends from one perspective yes yes, solution architects are managers as well because they have to manage their own work and uh, help other team members to manage their work from this perspective yes but also it depends what exactly you are saying manager because there is a delivery manager and those people are responsible for the delivery and uh, in perfect in ideal world, there is a separation between the solution architects who are responsible for the solution design, but not the delivery design. Um, delivery managers will be responsible for the all the things related to implementation or putting the ideas provided by the solution architects into particular implementation and delivering this uh, implementation to a customer for schedule, for organizing of the task, and stuff like that. But also, we have, uh, for example, at Pump we have a uh, different managers. We have delivery managers. We have a uh, resource managers. We have a project managers. So that's why it's also it depends my answer. So. Yeah, from the IPAM perspective, maybe. Again, (laughs) it depends on the project.
0: And uh, talking about the projects, how often do you jump from one project to another?
1: As for me, not too often. Uh, For example, together with IPAM, I am a little bit less than six years. And uh, within this period of time, I, I was working just for two projects.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: So it's not quite often. I'm working on my current project. I'm already working for three years.
0: For three years. I see.
1: And I still see that uh, there is a potential of this project to grow. And I see a lot of things that should be done. So it's uh, cool.
0: As you were mentioning that you always have to stay on top of things and to learn. One of my favorite questions, how do you learn? And um, what about the certification opportunities?
1: So, you... Mm. IPAM provides a lot of opportunities to learn and gain your experience and also from the certification perspective so there are different programs where you can get different uh, certificates uh, for example cloud certificates including the solution architecture certificates for different cloud providers so all these things are provided by IPAM if you are interested in this just join to this activity and get your certificates uh, but also there is a possibilities to learn and uh, gain your experience. For example, there is a Technology Excellence Initiative. This is a series of webinars. Usually they take once or twice per week when other ePAMers share their experience with the wide audience and present their challenges, their cases to wide audience and uh, share knowledge that was got from working on those projects. This is the one opportunity. Already, we have talked about the technology mentoring program. So you may find a mentor, and and with mentor you may discuss the cases more precisely within this program. Um, what else? Also, yeah, I didn't mention before, but also there is a good uh, uh, possibility to to gain practical experience within the architectural cutter.
0: Oh, what's that? It's,
1: it's also a different program but it's more dedicated exactly to gain a practical experience because you know the projects at the PAM might be different and uh, sometimes work done by the solution architect differs from project to project and if you feel that you want to get a more practical experience to challenge yourself solving a particular task you may just enroll yourself into this program and within one or two sessions you will be we suggested a particular case for which you need to find within a team, small team, usually it's three, four, five people. And within a team, you need to act as an architect, understand the problem and provide the solution for this particular problem. So this is also an opportunity to learn something new. Other program, which is, I believe, very great. We talked about Solution Architecture School. But yeah, it's really, it might be treated really like a school because you get just basic background for theoretical knowledge of the, in the solution architecture area. But then graduating this school, you usually go to universities and IPAM, we have a technology solution university where you can polish your theoretical background in different areas and there are a lot of faculties there. Right now it might be eight different faculties in different directions like solution architecture, technology consultancy, maybe security architecture, quality architecture. I don't remember all of them, but yeah, there I would have just checked them. And it depends on your needs, it depends on your interest. You may choose this or that faculty and the course within faculty and gain your theoretical knowledge from this course on the faculty. So it's a next step uh, to get and increase your theoretical background.
0: It's an amazing idea. I really love it. So school, then university and plus uh, work with your mentor. So basically you get the whole picture. But I still would ask you here. So at some point... There is always uh, a point where colleagues think about what should I do next? What should be my next career move? So who would you recommend to become a SA architect? There should be general interest, of course, but still, could you give us a portrait of a person? and maybe we can help someone
1: the portrait will be diverse so it's hard to provide the exact or define maybe some criteria to say that yes this person will be a good solution architect or that person will be will not be so good i think it's possible if you like to think about the solution itself, think about the customer's problem, understand what is the problem and find the solution. First of all, from the high level, then going into deeper levels and finishing on a technical side, finding the solution on each of these levels and comparing different options. Yes, maybe in this case, this path is for you because uh, you will get a lot of communications with different stakeholders. You will get a lot of inputs from them and you will need to understand which of them are important, which of them uh, might be justified and so on. So if you like to talk and work with people, understanding their needs, then thinking about potential solutions and uh, justify them, finding the technically feasible solutions, then I think it might be best path for you.
0: And why did you choose this path?
1: I like all these things.
0: Good. Thank you so much. Talking about stakeholders, talking about business needs, so so truth number five would be that CAs are responsible for the failure or success of the product. Of course, there is a delivery manager, right? Of course, there is a whole team. But still, you just mentioned that it is you, a CA, who finds a solution. That's basically the main idea. So what do you say? More myth or truth?
1: I think yes and no. Definitely solution architects are responsible for the both favor and uh, success because they make decisions, they do assumptions and if they are not so perfect and if we discover this on later stages then probably resolution for such kind of uh, things will take more efforts from the whole team. But at the same time we need to understand that solution architects are part of the whole team and uh, the whole team is responsible In general, the whole team is responsible for the complete failure of the success because you, as an architect, you are responsible for your part, but also there are developers who are working on their own parts and they are responsible for the implementation part. And we are expecting that they do their job great. And that's why it's a team's success or failure.
0: I see. Thank you so much. To wrap it up, right? Uh, We've Covered a lot of the career opportunities at EPAM as a school, as a university mentoring program, technology excellence initiative, quite a lot of them. However, what would be three steps that engineers who want to go through this path need to do right now to build this expertise?
1: I would choose two. But if you need three, I will provide three.
0: <laughs> it's a win win. Let's go for two days easier.
1: I would say one of the programs, it's not a step. I mean, here I mean a technology excellence initiative because it goes you should participate, even if you are a senior solution architect or lead solution architect, it also makes sense for you to participate because you in on this program you get experience from others. When you are working for a particular project or customer, you are get you are quite scoped by your project customer, but this program, Technology Excellence Initiative Program, will allow you to share your knowledge about other areas and other potential solutions for other areas. So I wouldn't say it's a step. It's something that should be a part of your life, starting once you are middle engineer or once you are a senior engineer, it should be uh, your habit to take a part on it and share experience with others within this program. Regarding the steps, I would say the first step is a solution architecture school. Taking a part in this step, you will get a theoretical knowledge about the solution architecture. You will understand what are the responsibilities of these people, what are the expectations uh, from others about these people. And, yeah, all this background, basic, initial, foundation for this your further solution architecture work will you will get from this course and uh, the next uh, step is a technology mentoring program where you will get a practical experience yep I would say these are two important steps at the beginning, just to start your solution architecture journey. And after that, uh, you may also consider Technology Solution University, this uh, great program for polishing and gaining more experience in different uh, areas of the solution architecture.
0: A fun question at last. How many... Cups of tea do you drink throughout a normal working day?
1: It depends on a particular day. Some days are quite light. I do my stuff, my design things. Maybe I have few meetings and in this case I don't need a lot of cup of tea. But some days are fully booked with meetings and in between of them I drink the tea with sugar. (laughs)
0: I see, I see. <laughs> it's not the <doping. laughs> <laughs> No, it is not. <laughs> right. Thank you, Andre, for joining us today. And we thank uh, Magenta Podcast Studio. I do hope that you have a clear vision what to do and how to become a great essay architect at EPAM. Uh, stay tuned for the next domain and hear you soon. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for invitation. Thank you for having me here. And uh, it was a great experience for me. And uh, I had a lot of fun talking with you. Thank you very much.